My name is Daniel, and please enjoy a little ghostly history from Fall River, located just outside of Boston, home of the Borden House, and the subject of today's video. Three years later, her biological mother, Andrew's wife, was dead. Three years after that, and Andrew remarried a woman named Abby. At 37 years old, she wasn't considered marriage material in those days. She desired respect and status as she lacked this in her entire life. To marry someone of Andrew's station was surprising. Some believe Andrew didn't love her, only seeking a replacement mother for his daughters and a housekeeper. They all lived in that house until one afternoon in August of 1892. Lizzie and her sister hated Abby, calling her Mrs. Borden and avoiding her company, even refusing to eat meals with her. In return, Andrew and Abby turned the home into a stern and loveless place. Lizzie felt neglected. She rebelled, shoplifting at local stores and forcing her father to fix things with the merchants, keeping her out of jail. Even after that, Lizzie remained respectful to her father, but didn't seem to love him at all. More strife came from the sister's suspicion of Abby's intentions. They knew she was after the family's money and status. Andrew brought, bought her many lavish gifts, and this made the girls jealous. The Borden family were all sick just days before the infamous Thursday in August of 1892, confined to the house for days. And just before 10.30 that morning, Abby thought she was alone while cleaning an upstairs guest room. Just making the bed, she heard a creak and turned to see the killer, and then the hatchet. Reports deemed this a crime of passion. There was an anger in each swing against Abby's head. Even after falling dead to the floor, the killer continued a few more times. And meanwhile, outside, Andrew returned from a morning walk, trying to open the door, but his key did not turn. He knocked as a maid walked in from the kitchen, and she noticed the lock was jammed from the inside. Yelled to Andrew, but stopped silent. She heard breathing, and then a floorboard creak from the top of the stairs. Shadows made it hard for her to see, but she felt somebody was staring down, and then some soft laughter sounding like a girl. Many believe this was Lizzie, fresh off of killing her stepmother. For some reason, the maid said nothing. She just turned and removed the jam from the door as Andrew propped it open, and then going about her daily duties. I would have been creeped out by this personally, maybe told the girl to stop it, stop trying to scare me, but maybe the maid was just used to it. Strange behavior from prominent families. She'd go about her duties up the back stairs and was cleaning the third floor when Lizzie yelled up to her from downstairs. Father's dead. Someone came in and killed him. The police found Andrew lying on the couch with his legs resting on the floor. The final report said the killer swung a hatchet-like weapon 11 times against his face and head. That he was sleeping, as shown by one closed eyelid that was split completely in two. Lizzie was the only suspect. The trial was long. Every detail examined and discussed. The maid testified. She didn't see either murder, 
but confirmed that Lizzie was in the house and mentioned the young girl's laughter from the stairs. Confirmed that it was after Abby's murder and that in eye shot of her bloody corpse. Considered it creepy, but many said it was not evidence at all. Now Lizzie's words were read to the jury and what she told the police at the house. She said, I was in the barn when father was murdered. Now somebody must have come in from the street, murdered him and ran out. Fact told, Lizzie was wearing a different dress when the police arrived, maybe gleamed from the maid. The police asked her about the dress and asked if they could see it, and she said, I burned it. They asked her why, and she's like, I spilled paint on it. Now in the basement, the police did find a shined and cleaned hatchet head that was missing its handle. And the prosecution, I mean, rightly argued that Lizzie removed the handle because it probably had blood seeped into the wood. But oddly enough, the jury thought it was far-fetched. Now this would give you a little bit of a clue of what would happen with the verdict. Now desperate, the prosecution, they jumped forward and they wanted to expose Lizzie's narcissism, uh, saying she had a lack of emotion, uh, saying that she didn't care about her dead parents at all. And they did something quite interesting, maybe uh, not thoroughly thought through, but they put two mysterious large cases directly in front of the jury. In eye shot, it was on the side where Lizzie could see this as well. Uh, they opened up the boxes quickly for the shock value and inside they revealed the actual bashed in skulls of Andrew and Abby Borden. Now they thought Lizzie would be cold and unemotional to the shocking sight, uh, proving her murderous intent to the jury, but they were wrong. And Lizzie swooned and fainted for all to see, and that was it. The jury came back not guilty. Lizzie Borden was free. Now deemed innocent by the court, but not by the public. She became an infamous legend, as known in the famous rhyme. The rhyme may have been created by a local reporter, and it flows nicely, but it's inaccurate. Uh, Lizzie supposedly whacked Abby 19 times and Andrew 11. The residents of Fall River were upset. The sisters inherited the Borden house, lived it in for years before Emma finally moved out in 1905. Nobody knew why she left, but rumors said she found out Lizzie did kill their father and stepmother. And then in 1927, Lizzie Borden died of a pneumonia. She's buried with her family in Oak Grove Cemetery, right beside Andrew and Abby. You can stay in the Lizzie Borden house, sleep in the room where Abby was murdered, have tea where they found Andrew Borden. Dark tourism at its best. Now some come for the history, but many more will come for the ghosts. Such as an older woman seen walking the house, believed to be Abby going about her chores just before entering a guest room and meeting up with Lizzie. She's seen a lot in the second floor hallway and inside the guest room itself where she was murdered. Visitors in that room do feel sheets tightening around them, hear a brushing as if hands run across the bed covers and a slight pressure against their chest and legs thought to be Abby straightening the fabric as if she's calmly making the bed that Thursday morning just before the hatchet swung. But what about Lizzie? Guests in the room beside hers will wake late at night. It's subtle but undeniable, a woman softly crying on the other side of that wall. 
many times reported to caretakers the same sound around the same time of night. Imagine being one of those caretakers, always in the house, accepted by its ghosts. The wife fell asleep one evening in the main parlor, after a long day of cleaning. Woke up around 3 a.m. and looked around the dimly lit space, and through the door she could see the grand staircase and movement. Pressed against the wall was an odd shadow stretched all the way up the stairs. Didn't match the other shadows cast from the parlor's lamp. It was moving, swaying at first and then rolling up like somebody walking upstairs, disappearing at the top. The wife believed this to be Lizzie, strong residual ghostly energy, what remains from a tragedy long after as the young murderess slowly climbed the stairs to meet with her stepmother one final time. Now, I wanted to end this with a personal experience of mine. When I was staying in the house many, many years ago, I took a trip to Boston, and uh, Fall River is right before Boston, then Boston, and also wanted to see Salem. Now, as a former paranormal investigator, I wanted the experience of staying overnight in the infamous Lizzie Borden house. They set up the night perfectly. Uh, I remember they uh, they lure you with vintage charm and like the uh, the old-fashioned snacks and then scheduling uh, a dusk into nighttime tour of the house. Now starting with some of the general history and family lore in the parlor before wandering to different sites. You get a, the visual bearings. Uh, they want you to know where Abby was killed and Andrew. Uh, tour from top to bottom. They even went down into the basement and they sprinkled in personal ghostly experiences from the guests. Now it's a misconception that there's a wait list months long to stay over in the house. As long as you want and you're okay with staying in a lesser haunted room, it's actually quite easy. Uh, we couldn't personally get the murder room where Abby was killed or Lizzie's bedroom uh, where a lot of experiences have occurred. We had to settle for the space in the back of the house. Not historically a bedroom, but this is the one that shared the wall with Lizzie's bedroom. Now my ex and I talked about some little known experiences before going to sleep. How some guests have heard the crying from the other side of the wall, but also heard a light tapping or knocking on the shared wall in the middle of the night. Yeah, not a popular way to settle yourself before you go to sleep. Many investigators would agree that it is the best to do when you're in a haunted place. And I had a vision that night. Now, I say vision instead of dream for a reason. I've had many dreams, uh, most of which I've forgotten right after waking up. But visions are different, they're vivid, they're easy for me to remember, and they stick in my mind, never fading or going away even over years long. Now what I saw from the bed was a vision. I still remember it today. It felt very real as I watched light spill in from around the corner of the L-shaped room. I couldn't see it, but heard the door open and somebody walk in. Footsteps approaching the blind corner I couldn't see the person, but it felt threatening. I woke to a dark and empty room. And even after this experience, I still recommend a visit and hope you have a vivid occurrence just as well. No, I don't hate you, and not to sound dark, but you need to feel what it's like to be in a heavy place. Knowing the feeling and being able to recognize it. An important knowledge in the skills of any paranormal investigator and for everyone else. To recognize when something dark exists or has entered your life and home just by reading the energy. 
You don't need to be a practiced psychic to feel it, just a benchmark or point of reference. Well, we've reached the end. This has been a little ghostly history of the Lizzie Borden house. Have you stayed here? Tell us your experiences in the comments below. Ghosts make history just that much better. Thanks for watching.